Let me introduce you to this episode's sponsor. It's 97th Floor, an award-winning Moz-recommended digital marketing agency located in Lehigh, Utah, and Orange County, California. They're known for driving bottom-line value results for clients like Pluralsight, Dell, and Salesforce. Visit 97thfloor.com to learn more. And we're back. Brandon, it's been three months. It's been way too long. I know. Holy cow. John, welcome back. Thanks, man. Excited to be here. I've missed you guys. You know what? Because it's been so long, we're going to start this episode off with a really depressing story. So three months ago, October 30th, our last episode aired. Do you remember that episode, Brandon? I do. Well, I don't remember that episode. I remember showing up the next week and finding out we would have no episode. That's right. So this story starts on October 30th because that's when our last episode aired. But now I'm pulling out my calendar. On November 6th. Nope. November 2nd. On November 2nd, we went to the studio in which we usually record. And what did we find, Brennan? Well, I'm believing you guys because I met you in the parking lot. Oh, that's right. I'm told there was no studio in existence. That's right. So, uh, Beehive Startup moved their podcast studio last October, and they didn't tell us about it. So we showed up. Some of us drove 45 minutes to get there, and it Some was some of em- us drove five. <laughs> it was an empty room. So, just to remind you guys, those that were listening back then. We shared with you an idea we had for November. John, do you remember what it was? I do. What was it? Black Hat Month or Black Thanksgiving. Hacksgiving. 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 Uh, I think Hacksgiving sounds better. Yeah, I like Hacksgiving. Anyway, we had had guests lined up. Some were driving to the show that That's true. We had guests lined up for the entire month of November, and we were going to do Hackvember, which is just people who had really good black hat tactics that they wanted to share and that we were going to share on the show that didn't end up happening. So we're, we're going to reschedule that flash flash forward three months. We got some new equipment, uh, and we'll transition from here now to introducing our guest this week. After three months of hiatus, we now have Matt Hassler in the, his house. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. So Matt is Brandon's brother. And also uh, the owner and founder of DP Cheesesteaks. That's correct. So do you do your own marketing? Oh, all of it. How much, how, how much do you do as opposed to Brandon? So <laughs> Brandon, um, we, I opened in 2008. I don't, I don't think most people realize the difference. In 2008, it was cool just to have a website still. You know what I mean? I know that doesn't sound right, but it is. That's 10 years ago. And we think of the web as just being around forever, like, and everyone was on it. But that's, that was not the case. We had a crap website that I started while Brandon was on his mission. And uh, and then he made it look good when we got back. And it was like, compared to other people, it was amazing. It was just like, oh, crap, there's an actual website that looks slick and has our logo on it and everything. That was a big deal. Hey, John, why don't you uh, hop on Wayback Machine and go find that thing? And It's not a good-looking website. Mine? Even yeah, the one I gotta made. you got to find mine because <laughs> I, I don't even know how I – do you have any idea how I made that first one? Uh, you used some sort of, like, site builder. Site builder. Yeah. I mean, it was, like, stretched image, logo, you know what I mean? Like, um, 
If you're asking if I remember what websites looked like 10 years ago, no, I, I don't. <laughs> Are you being serious, though? No, like, I have no idea. It's kind of weird, right? It doesn't seem like that long ago. I but know. it's like, you know, people don't take this into account when they think about politics. And everything is so different because everybody can just, I mean, the, we all, each of us have a phone here that is better audio and video equipment than most businesses had 10 years ago. I don't think I've seen your website at all, ever. Well, you have to check it out. So, I, but, uh, but really, I don't put a huge focus on it. And to this point, that's been very um, on purpose. Wayback Machine only goes back to 2010. And this what is I'm what saying. we got. 2010. Oh, you're saying... Was it originally, though, on uh, the downtownphilly.com? Yes. Oh, so it's a different why. URL. Ah, okay, so we got to look something go else back. Up. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take a screenshot and share that on Good. Facebook. So for those of you who don't know DP Cheesesteaks, it's been around 10 years. Yeah. How many locations? Five. Five locations up and down the Wasatch Front. That's a great way to describe it. And uh, and they fresh cut daily. Fresh sliced daily. Whatever it is. <laughs> say, say your slogan in fresh, that, that fresh phrase. Slice, it's not my slogan, but if you guys want it to be, then then it is. But that's that is that really is the difference is we slice the steak every morning in the store and oh you were talking about the steak earlier i was imagining the bread oh you're picturing fresh sliced bread i was picturing That's fresh sliced that. bread <laughs> i know so, I so like, as i was sitting I was here like, saying no one else will do this because it's too hard you were like i was the laziest man so are you are you like kramer <laughs> just slicing that so thin you can see through it in the light yes i have a i have an idea for a pizza business too where you just make your own pizza and you put it in the oven I wanted that, man. It's my idea too. Isn't that I'll join you idea? on that. It I'm is. Sure that yeah. Was, it's uh, yeah. It's a like, pe- it's a subway for pizza. Seinfeld. So uh, we brought we brought Matt on. He's the one who's providing our new studio for us. We are now officially in uh, what's this place called? The, the Sheba place. The Stone Sheba. Oh, that's right. The Stone Sheba. <laughs> the Stone Sheba, which is a mix of your dog breed. So I have two Sheba Inus. Okay, which is a dog. That, and yeah, they're they're gorgeous. You got to look them up. They're beautiful. And then, the, there's a place called the Stone Pony in New Jersey. I'm a huge Springsteen fan. You'll find elements of that in all of my business. Uh, on the bottom of our cups, I have a Springsteen quote. Um, I'll make you go buy one to find out what it is. Oh, we got to buy one. <laughs> we got the owner in the studio. He's, he's telling us we got to spend two bucks on I'll a give drink. You, I'll give you a gift card. Give me a ten dollars gift card. It. But uh, yeah, there's a place called the Stone Pony. It's where like Springsteen and Bon Jovi got their starts. Little club, and I don't know when we when we got this little shack. That was my thought was little place where uh, people like you guys who are going to be huge can get a, We're already a, a huge. nice start. Don't insult us. Oh, you think these numbers are big now? They're gonna be. <laughs> You don't even know. Okay, Fourth so, of July, it'll be crazy around here. It's true. It's true. So our new studio now is the Stone Sheba. We record in downtown Provo. Is this considered downtown? Technically Ish. all the way up until like two blocks is when the downtown district ends. Okay, so we're so you can downtown, say downtown. Provo. Does the city determine that? Is that a... That's what Gary told me. Huh. It's basically when those lights end, like these lights that go along the street. It's interesting. So we got like one more block, and then we're outside of downtown. All right, well, hey, we're downtown. All right, so three months we've been gone. We're happy to be back. We're happy for a new studio. We're grateful uh, for Matt and the Stone Sheba and for the equipment that they have provided us. Let's get into the meat of the show. There are lots of things that have happened over the last three months. We're not going to try to catch up. We're not going to you know, 
triple the length of this episode, but there have been some things recently in the news and in our industry that have been huge. Let's get into it. Do you have something in mind when you say huge? Because I want to start off on the wrong note. They're all huge, man. That was a That's big all we talk about. Life is huge, man. Yeah. Well, here's something that is kind of huge. Uh, this just barely happened. Did you guys hear about Facebook banning cryptocurrency ads? No. So you can't run ads that have to do with like Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrencies or ICOs because there's so many scams that are happening within that space. Uh, they just made a flat policy that it's kind of like pharmaceuticals. They're treating Bitcoin like pharmaceuticals. And it's not even just Facebook. The SEC actually came out today and put a ban to ICOs for Bitcoins and other cryptocurrencies because 97.4, we were working with a cryptocurrency, helping them on oh, their yeah. ICO, and it's not happening anymore. Interesting. That's okay. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're thinking of, I mean, it's because I've been, I've like thought about, I mean, Bitcoin's not, at least the hype of Bitcoin isn't going to be going away anytime soon. And so like the content side of me is like, man, I could like start up a blog or start up a YouTube section where I'm just like talking cryptocurrency and, and it's just naturally going to get views, which you can still do that. But now the fact that you can't run ads towards your like Bitcoin content or 10 tips when investing in Bitcoin, legit stuff. It's going to be harder now to uh, amplify that with a paid approach. I'm not sure if you can still do AdWords. I mean, I guess I could just search Bitcoin, but I would imagine. Uh, well, the thing that I think I mentioned this to you when you told me about the story that struck me was that that's that happened the same week that Robinhood announced that they were allowing you to buy Bitcoin. Yeah. On Robin, you know what I mean. So it's like a fairly, <laughs> fairly Robinhood's legit. That's a big, you know what I mean. Yeah. Robin is allowing Bitcoin the same week that Facebook is banning all ads. So, sorry, did you say why? Did Facebook explain why? Mainly just because there's so many scams that are popping up within it. Like, essentially, people who are either selling, um, a lot of times it's, hey, buy through me and you'll get a great deal when really you're not even buying Bitcoin. There's just such a, I think that's the problems that you're going to see because Bitcoin is so unregulated. Um, you also have the whole consumer protection side that doesn't exist like you have with other stuff that's regulated. So I think Facebook's just trying to stay away from, they don't want to be the guys that get blamed for when someone accidentally clicks on a scam ad and signs up for some dude's program for 500 bucks a month to learn how to become a Bitcoin expert. And the whole thing was a scam. Yeah. If only Facebook were, you know, taking care of all the fake crap on, on there. <laughs> So let, let me do let me let me go through a quick rundown of what what the uh, the topics are going to hit on today. So, Vivint Smart Home just came out with a new video from uh, from the Harmon Brothers. So we just partnered with them. We'll talk a little bit about that episode. I'll share a clip. Ninety Seventh Floor, our proud sponsor, just put on a conference this week, Mastermind Twenty Eighteen, the very first conference they've ever put on, and we'll talk about that. Burger King, which is one of our favorite brands to talk about on the show they get on here a lot they, they do, do man they just came out with a new ad about a week ago that's uh kind of helps explain net neutrality through the whopper uh beyond that we'll talk about the shed of dolwich and then how, why it's one. yeah why it's harder to make money on youtube and search console got a new facelift 
Yeah. Okay, let's get started with that stuff. Harmon Brothers stuff. Let's start there. I should probably pull up that video. How transparent can you be on this show? Yeah. About the, the details. And of... the process, because they're very cloaked. Um, can we talk dollar bills? Or is that off the air? That's an interesting question. We know it's expensive. I don't... Uh, I did not work as closely as you guys may think. All right. Fair enough. Um, but... I'll answer as many questions as I feel comfortable with. It felt like a Harmon's Harmon's brother commercial. Harmon Brothers. Harmon Brothers. You know, you're the second person in the last week I've had to correct. What did I say? After you say Harmon's brother. Harmon's. I think it's just that dang grocery store. (laughs) They're winning in the branding area. Okay, so let me me give you some context. Okay, so the Harmon Brothers is a huge name, especially in Utah, because that's where they're based. They've done uh, videos... Uh, the very beginning, the big ones were Squatty Potty, Poopery, uh, what else? Um, they did that uh, duct tape didn't one. They do, didn't they, um, they do purple. They did they purple. purple. That's a little bit more recent. They weren't chat books, were they? They did chat books, chat yeah. Books. Chat yeah. books is one of their recent ones. So some of the biggest names. VidAngel. They did VidAngel, yep. So they are known for being super creative. They use actors from Studio C to do their, their acting. Um what sets them apart is that they're not a typical video agency in that they create a video and hand over the assets and then you do with it what you will from start to finish they will script it they'll create it and then they'll also do all the advertising for it so you you kind of you give them budget and then they will go do the facebook ads they are held to kpis on their own videos performance right so think about the implications there Anyone you go buy a video from, they create this asset. You can review it as many times as you want. You pay a little extra if if a little more work is done. They hand it over, and then they're out, and the performance is on you. If it fails, well, there's the sunken cost of the video. The Harmon Brothers takes it a step further in, in that you pay for the production of the video, but then after that, they're held to the KPIs in the contract that was signed prior to them even starting. So... Uh, they're also held to performance after the video is created, uh, which is very different than than most agencies. Uh, they are very selective in the people they work with, so we had to almost beg them to do the work for us, uh, and they and, and that's why they can charge however. The, when however you say beg, want. what was that process? So our former CE, uh, sorry, our former CMO Jeff Lyman, our current CMO Nate Randall, and then our senior director of digital marketing were the three who ran point with this partnership and uh pretty early on i mean it's been i want to say close to a year that we've been talking to the Harmon brothers and and they do like they vet the clients they work with pretty heavily uh as far as is this a brand that we would feel comfortable working with is this a brand because because it's not it's not necessarily just doing work for it's partnering with so is this a company that we want to partner with and early on, they were pretty skeptical of Vivint's culture, right? So you think about Vivint's culture as being, you know, this club of bros that, you know, work out during the work hours and they wear their flat brim hats and, and rev their, you know, F-350s with the, you know, 16-inch lifts and all that stuff. So they were kind of skeptical about working uh, with us because of that. Also, there's a reputation that Vivint is the scum of the earth and cheats out all their customers. But anyway, so we, we brought them, we brought them in house, gave them a tour, uh, 
I mean, it was kind of like a date. And after several months of kind of back and forth with questions about how we operate and how things would work, they finally said, okay, we'll work with you, which was kind of a big deal. Anyway, I've already spent more time than I want to on this. But so last week we finally launched our Harmon Brothers video. And what's fun about it is like at the conference, for example, there was someone there from Chatbooks. There was someone there from Purple. and, uh, And you talk about this kind of club right mm-hmm. it's like alex MacArthur, who was a guest on our show last year he's the cmo of purple uh we talked about the Harmon brothers video and it is like this club where it's like hey i i was in the i was in the lunch line and one of the employees from purple was across the table and we were you know stacking food on our plate and he he was like hey i just saw your Harmon brothers video and that's like how they say it you know it's like hey i saw your Harmon brothers video that's the kind of brand that they have like hey I'm a, I'm a, I'm a part of your club, uh, which is interesting. So let me, uh, let me cue this up real quick. The video is about five minutes long, which is typical for a Harmon's brothers. See what you got me saying, Brandon <laughs> for a Harmon brothers video. Uh, but, uh, let's just watch a little bit of it and then, and then we'll, uh, we'll have some commentary. Have you guys seen it? I imagine yes. you have yes. not seen it. No, John has Brandon. You have, all right, let me turn up the volume here and, See if this works. It was very reminiscent to uh, chat books to me. Is that true? I'm gonna have to come over here to see this. Okay. Are you playing the? Yeah. All right. Here we go. But there's one job that should get replaced. Your job as a homeowner, which is actually a series of crappy full-time jobs you do for free, like security guard, <laughs> protecting your house, supervisor, protecting your kids. So the first half, I think, is. Uh, kind of lame compared to the second half if i were to kind of skip ahead i do have a uh, favorite part here they kind of here we go even if you're vacationing on the other side of the planet you can light up your home at night the sun can't even do that plus vivid lets you receive packages before porch robbers do got one pile of diet cola here thanks lloyd just stick it in the garage with the others did you say others i need them brian she's right Connect Vivid to voice control and become a demigod who controls things like the weather, cool the temperature in the room by five degrees. Matter, shut the garage door. Even the birth of your grandchildren. Hey, is uh, Emily free? <laughs> Nay. Dad, no! <laughs> All right, so you guys won't be able to watch that. Hopefully, you've probably seen it before the airing of this episode. But it's it's Harmon Brothers branded. It's not necessarily Vivin branded, right? They kind of have their own look and feel, and all their videos kind of seem the same way, which is probably because they have the same writers who have been working on it for ever. <clears throat> anyway, what are your thoughts, Brandon? Uh, overall, I liked. It. I think I had the same thoughts as uh, yourself. I think the first little uh, minute or so of the video could have been cut down totally. a little bit and then gotten into the point. But other than that, it felt like a Harmon, Harmon Brothers. Yeah, it's got some funny parts. Even, like, I've watched it several times, and even there's still, like, two or three parts that, like, I know are coming, and I, the smile starts to appear on my face as I anticipate the, hmm. you know, the one-liners. Anyway, so uh, overall it's been uh, pretty successful for awareness. Uh, I think that our leads, you know, and sales numbers are probably a little lower than we wanted, 
but it's still pretty early. They're, the contract states that they can make adjustments and all that stuff anyway. So that's a Harmon Brothers video. If you don't have any other feedback, I thought we'd have a little bit more criticism. I just on thought it was thing. long, but that's Harmon Brothers. Their, that's their style. Um, you know, I almost tuned out by the time it got to the funny stuff. I know. Isn't that so sad? Yeah, because the first time I watched it, I was like, eh, I'm, I'm tuning out. But then I was like, no, this is my, my friend Jacob's video, so I better watch the whole thing. So <laughs> so you, you held me through, and then I started laughing at the whole, you know, the door locking with the, the birth prevention. I thought that was great. Where, where is this thing running? So uh, it's on, it's on Facebook. Uh, excuse me. It's on YouTube kind of housed but all the ads are on facebook so it's all facebook oriented so it's fi- it's a full five minutes long it's full five minutes yep okay so yeah. it's like it's interesting though that you you talk about it as a club because you it's an ad that you almost need people to want to watch yeah and, and the fact that the Harmon brothers are the ones advertising it i wonder if they're leveraging their name again i'm not in the paid side so i don't see the metrics i don't see necessarily what they're doing i'm not in those conversations but from the kind of outside not as outside as you guys but from the outside, looking in from my perspective, uh, I think things are going okay as far as what metrics they were looking at, engagement metrics. Which well, it's, got a f- it's definitely got a feel to it. It's like you know, like a Wes Anderson mixed with a Jared Hess, you know, uh, Pauline Dynamite director. Yeah. And, you, know, what, you know, Wes Anderson, right? Uh, sure. Bottle Rocket, all those. Yeah. I feel like that's their style. So a lot of people out there that like those directors. I know. If you can make a short video feel like they had a part in it well see that's that's part of being a part of the club is that people wait for because there's a story right if you if you watch it from start to end there's an actual story i mean it's five minutes but it's like a short film if you watch it there's a kind of overline overarching story beyond just telling what the products do and i think the Harmon brothers have kind of this groupie fan club that just anticipate whatever they make it doesn't matter what brand it is they're just like oh that's a that's a Harmon Brothers video, which I think is, you know, one of the things that we paid for. Yep. Anyway, so if any other questions come in, feel free to email us. What's our email address again? Just kidding. Inbound at belowthefold.io. Sometimes it's fun to pretend like you forget stuff, even though it hasn't been that long. Okay. Let's talk Burger King. John, you want to give us a rundown? Yeah. So about a week ago. So last week of January, Burger King released a fun new video on YouTube kind of breaking down net neutrality using their Whopper because the opening in the video kind of talks about how no one in America really knows what net neutrality really is. And so they break it down to a nice little snippet of how it works using Whoppers in their store. Yeah, let me me read the description of their YouTube video. The repeal of net neutrality is a hot topic in America, but it can be very difficult to understand. That's why the Burger King brand created Whopper Neutrality, a social experiment that explains the effects of the repeal of net neutrality by putting in terms anyone can understand. A Whopper sandwich. Okay, here's here's a little clip, and then we'll talk about it. I know Brandon's got some thoughts. Got a number one. Hey, how you doing? Do you know what's number, number 98? What's going on with it? Number 98, uh, you got the Whopper? Yeah. So you got the slow axis Whopper pass? Wait, what? It's on, it's on the menu right there with the fast, medium, and slow. Slow MBPS, fast MBPS, or hyper fast MBPS. MBPS, of course, standing for making burgers per second. So if you want a Whopper now, we have to pay $26. 
Well, that's that's how you get it fast. That's the highest priority. Fortunately, we have to. I felt like I was being taken advantage of in a sense. Just as a customer coming in to get their food, it felt like a power move. They already changed the policies overnight or whatever. Um, I didn't think that a Whopper, ordering a Whopper would really open my eyes up to net neutrality. The Whopper actually told me about net neutrality. It's stupid, but true. Did you learn about net neutrality, Brandon? Sure. They left out the part that you could just leave and go to McDonald's and get a better burger, but that doesn't help the... You think McDonald's makes a better burger than... So you're saying, like, Burger King is America and McDonald's is Canada? Well... No. <laughs> Are you talking about different internet providers? Sure. So so Burger King is Infinity or, or Comcast and, and McDonald's is uh, CenturyLink? Sure. Okay. That's the argument you would read on, like, YouTube comments and whatnot. Overall, I mean, it's, 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 they've done stuff like this with uh, the bullying and whatnot, which I thought was a really good campaign. Obviously, this one, they're heading down a little bit more of a controversial lane, whereas everyone can get behind uh, you know, anti-bullying campaigns. I felt like when I watched that, it just there had to have been actors. I'm not saying they weren't customers, but it's like they were approached and said, hey, we're filming this. Would you mind staying and then recording this? Because like some of the reactions, it just felt like, Really forced by some of them. I can't remember which guy it was. I'll have to rewatch it, but uh, but they claim it's real customers, but they don't say not actors, and they don't clarify what they mean by a customer. That's true. Are they are they obligated to legally to disclose whether or not they're acting? I don't know, but I thought it, I thought it, overall it was fun. I mean, it's it's within the Burger King video branding guidelines where they just kind of go off the wall and do. F- Gets people talking about Burger King, but I do think it's weird that they chose net neutrality because that has nothing to do with Burger King. Sure, but bullying does, doesn't bullying, have anything yeah. to do. Yeah, but at the same time, bullying—that's like if if they're if they're contributing to a cause, like bullying. That's like I don't know. That feels okay. Net neutrality seems too off. The, too off, like. Yeah, that's sort of thing. Like, like, it's just like you can use a Whopper to explain anything. We're mm-hmm. going to explain bullying. We're going to explain net neutrality. I wouldn't be surprised if during the next election they uh, talk about the electoral college and like we're going to explain how voting works with a Whopper. Okay, and it just yeah. gets you thinking. I think they're starting this. They've done these and it's been successful. So it's going to make more sense with the more. I mean, videos and Burger that come King's out always just been off the wall with their marketing, like. Burger King's not going to ever be the company that is uh, getting new fans from food art. You know what I mean? People yeah. taking beautiful pictures yeah. of their food on Instagram. So if you want to blow up on Twitter, I don't think people are going to naturally just be saying, oh, I went to Burger King today. Share, 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 retweet, whatever. It's who, What are people on Twitter talking about? I'm guessing they, they looked at a list of, you know. Trending topics. Trending topics and said, let's pick one that is trending and not but not fleeting either that yeah. that's a topic that's not going away anytime soon so interesting you say that because last time we talked about burger king which i'm pretty sure was our last episode which was the clown video they did over halloween right after that brandon and i went to burger king out of obligation and ate there for the first time in many years over a decade for me yep which, by the way, you mentioned that uh, 2008 was when DP opened. Yeah. Ten years this year. Yeah. 
in March. What what's the what's what's the what's the like what's the deal that's going to Yeah. I can't tell you that yet. 10 cheese steaks for free. I can't tell you that yet. Yeah. What what, what good is, what good is having the CEO on the show something. if we Oh, okay. That's different. <laughs> Here's the I deal. can't tell when you, you market, because I don't know. When you market, you've got to follow up on your uh, that's the part people don't understand. I, I mean, I cook I cooked at lunch yesterday. I'm still very hands-on. Um with my restaurants and if i had it my way i'd cook every day um so there's a there's a level when you market you want to put something out there you got to respond to people you know what i mean sure unless you're trump then you just say whatever you want and change the conversation march March is next month i know here's something here's some marketing advice start two weeks ago i know (laughs) 10 years that's a big deal but it is it is it is what you know i've got a i've got a model that works for the way for what I do, you notice you don't, you don't see a whole lot of in and out ads. Um, Five Guys, Cafe Rio. Honestly, most of the ones I've modeled. No way, In and Out has ads all over the radio. Cafe Rio has blown up ever since they were bought out. Cafe Rio has started. I get them all. Advertising they, a when lot. When did more. they get bought out? I'm I'm, I'm talking um, fairly five years ago, I guess, in my head. Yeah. Um, but when you you know the more marketing you do, you you really are bringing on. You're inviting a lot of problems. You get a lot of business with that too, but you get a lot of problems, and you got to be able to properly handle those, the the problems that arise from any marketing campaign, or else you lose people forever. And uh, you know, in my, I'm I'm small enough where losing a customer, losing a chance of getting them back, because I I screwed up something, and you know what I mean. Yeah, like uh, getting rid of your 12 inch sandwich, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did that two years ago. Cafe Rio was bought in September of 2017 by Freeman. Boggy, or something like that. And I thought that would be a more interesting of a yeah. <laughs> fact. Okay, so that's Burger King. Okay, this next one, the Shed of Dulwich. This was a good one. I love this. Brandon, why don't you give us some background? Have you heard of this, Matthew? No. The kid that ranked his... Uh... Do you go by Matthew? I called you Matt yeah, earlier. Sorry. Um, I'm the only person on earth that calls yeah, him Yeah, him and my mom. <laughs> Even Jared has actually converted to Matthew. calling you Matt, but... Just how I grew up. It makes him special. Yeah. Matt, let me tell you what happened here. So, uh, yeah, the name of the restaurant was... The Shed at Dulwich. The Shed at Dulwich. I I did hear about this, actually, yeah. So this and is really good. it doesn't exist, right? Like, it's a... doesn't exist. So this kid, I guess, his background was writing fake reviews for companies. Um, and then he started realizing, like, man, like, everyone just believes these reviews. And so he started doing this as an experiment. Like, I'm going to start a restaurant... And I'm going to get it to rank number one on TripAdvisor, but uh, the restaurant isn't going to actually exist. So he just started having his uh, friends write reviews, and he made sure that the story was consistent among so someone's not talking about how it's a great vegan dish, and the other person's talking about how, oh, it's the best place for meats and stuff like that. And uh, people started calling celebrities, bloggers, uh, people like executives at media companies were using their company emails to try to get a... A booking and they would call and oh it was just always booked there's never room and then finally after i don't know how long it was six months to a year uh he was ranked he he hit number one and he's like okay i gotta i gotta open up and number one not just for some small city this is london yeah, number one in about. london there were over eighteen thousand restaurants on TripAdvisor, and they got to number one in london in london london that's crazy yeah so he ranked and then uh he basically had this this food in the in his backyard which he cleaned up and kind of 
made it look a little bit nicer. Had some of his friends as actors over. Even had some sound effects in the background of like the kitchen inside with the chefs. Well, the the funny thing is the the story he kind of created was this uh, the shed at Dolwich provided this kind of like United Kingdom British home cooking food. Yes, and so he said, "Well, I grew up eating TV dinners." So he had his his buddy who was a chef come in and just amp up these TV dinners for the actual customers who came that yeah. night. Which is basically just taking a leaf of parsley and throwing it on yeah. the top. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's like actual microwaved like enchiladas and all that stuff. Throw it on a plate, make it look nice. And uh, and then you order by mood. So uh, it wasn't just like, oh, I want that's, this dish. That's my it's, favorite part. I want. De- I would like some depression today or optim- optimism. Yeah, and I'm then, pretty sure depression a, was not on the menu. I do have a clip. So I've got a clip that's uh, not super long. The whole video is 18 minutes, but... Let me just uh, throw down a few seconds here. It's fake website explained that they don't have a traditional menu per se. Uh, instead of meals, our menu is comprised of moods. <laughs> For seven months, vice reporter Uber Butler tricked TripAdvisor. His name's like Uber? And you're in the yeah, that's fantastic. Can you believe that you managed to get to number one? You became the number one restaurant in London. After the shed news hit the headlines, I spent 20 hours doing interviews back to back in like the Times, Tory Graph, in the Evening Standard as a cultural reference point. It's exactly. an extraordinary story. It's a jaw dropping story. Susanna Reid told me off on Good Morning Britain. It's a very naughty thing to do. It's a very naughty thing to do, Uber. So it took six months for them to get number one. On the seventh month, they opened up for one night. They called a few of the people who had called earlier asking for reservations, saying, hey, some things opened up. You're welcome to come. He mentioned that the garden leading or the alley and garden leading to his this little you know backyard was so nasty that he would have them meet him at the corner just outside this alleyway, and then he would blindfold them. So he took random pieces of cloth, tied them around their heads, and then had them hold hands while he basically carted them at, at like a train to this little thing, unveiled this courtyard of, you know, lawn chairs and metal tables. He put a table on the roof of the shed, which is a nice touch, and then served them chicken noodle soup out of mugs. And they loved it. Some people actually asked, I need to book yeah, another they tried reservation. To, yeah, they tried to book again. On the way out. Wasn't there one couple that was kind of angry, but he smoothed it over? Well, so he said uh, during the video that before he threw it that he wasn't going to charge because he didn't want to risk getting sued. So right. he just called it like a media night. So it's all complimentary. Um, Which explains why the cameras were there. Yeah. But uh, it was interesting. I mean, the, the two big things I took away is, A, review sites are still easy to game. Um, and two, it's a lesson that uh, people love or people really want what they can't have. So the more exclusive you make something... Uh, the more people want it. I mean, MIT. I think there's a lot of people who want to go to MIT purely because it's hard to get in. And once they're in, they don't care about the outcome necessarily. They just now they can say that they have gone to or, or currently go to MIT. And so that's kind of a, just an interesting principle for marketing. Like, uh, the I mean, Gmail start out the same way. A lot of Google products are invite only starting out and just makes it like, I got to get my Gmail invite. Someone... You know, share your limited amount of invites with me. Uh, it's a marketing form that continues to work today. And it was just interesting how I've got a lot of restaurant owners are looking at this. But I have a real restaurant. How can I somehow game it on, on a legitimate level? 
and become number one. Like the fact that he became number one in a city like London Brandon, without a you, real restaurant you is can't amazing. Game something legitimately. Sure, you can. No, because gaming it. Okay, gaming, by definition, sure. is illegitimate. Hack your way to number one. Yeah, you can. You just hire this guy, and he'll write you some fake reviews. He'll get his friends involved. Seven months later, a tenor, a tenor, a review. That's what he gets paid. I'm still curious in the logistics, though. Of, I mean, he would have to have a lot of reviews. Did well, he have that started, many friends? They started getting natural reviews from other people who claiming, hadn't even been there. Yeah, claiming to have eaten there and post pictures and everything. So it just kind of like spiraled because out of they wanted to like nature. prove that they've been, yeah. Yeah. So they did they did show screenshots and he had 98 reviews on TripAdvisor at the time he was at number 1. Interesting. I would so think you need not, more. I was going to say 98 reviews is yeah. But I wonder if that's because I don't, I don't think it's necessarily number common. of reviews, quality of reviews. But even if it was 98 five star, I guess you're the only 100% I don't know all five star. I doubt like, it cuz I mean that's so it's got to be something that's that with time like not natural, yeah. How are they I that see every time I hear a some like a stat like the world health organization says america's the seven it's like well what are you basing it off of you know what i mean it's always interesting like what is their algorithm because the algorithm what does it mean you know what i mean like i don't know I, I, now i want to know what TripAdvisor's. i've never taken TripAdvisor seriously as a website is the weird thing TripAdvisor is isn't the that the green blood. they have that they're like green like the owl it's the green yeah with the owl. i mean i, think I use they, it on vacations a lot you really? for like countries and when i'm out of the united states i feel like so I you think it's bigger, it's bigger yeah internationally yeah. yeah i think it's a big okay. international site because like i've used it's big it on travel yeah so i will say this this video was obviously compiled and made by uber so i'm sure that that, that he kind of took out some things uber, that, like the car service no the His guy's name, name is, is uber. uber his name is uber oh i see starts it's with an o though o-o-b-a-h Oh, it's Uba. Gosh, that's the best name I've ever heard. O O B A H. B A H. Wow. Yep. Uba. So, Uba. so there is one part in here. <laughs> he changed his name to that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I'm gonna get off it the originally trade, but I I can't get my mind out. That's, a, that's the uh, best name ever. Hey, just have one more kid, and <laughs> and you can snag that name. Done. Be the first guy in America to name your kid Uba. Okay, so there is one part where he starts to call people back, and he's like, "Hey." A reservation opened up. I'm wondering if you want it. And the guy said, oh, you guys are actually real? Mm-hmm. Which made me think, I wonder how many... I, it probably leaked somewhere. I mean, it had to have. That this is just fake. It's not a real place. He had an address that supposedly wasn't... Nec- it didn't... It wasn't his exact address, but it was It was somewhere close. I'm sure there are people who tried to go find it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though on the listing it says by appointment only, so that they, they would restrict the number of people who would come but that's not going to keep that's not going to prevent everyone from coming especially if if all the press are trying to find it get in touch with them so you know he didn't highlight that but i guarantee there were there was enough buzz to where enough people were like "Mm, oh that's fake yeah something's fishy but people like being a part of that stuff it's fun there's a there was a guy uh, and i loved that uh, there's a few years ago on yelp probably two years ago um i'll see if i can get a link to you guys but he got sick of Yelp bullying them because they, you know, they're kind of like the mafia. Um, they are, and uh, he, uh, so he told his customers to give him one star reviews, and and they were genius. The, like you, you had thought he was paying people to do this, but these were real customers. The one, the one that stands out to me, I remember, is they gave him one star. And this is Italian food, and, it, and it, you know, the guy was like, "Oh my gosh, this place! I couldn't believe it." I went in, and they gave me this food, and it tasted like, uh, like some little old Italian woman was hand making it in the back room. You know what I mean? So he's be, like, 
He's there. Yeah, they're positive. obviously that's a very yeah, positive yeah. thing to say, but he's giving it a one star review and making it sound negative. And they were like, they were genius, but he wasn't paying for it. They were all, they were all his customers. So I, there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of free time. The, the internet detectives, you know, that that sit on a Reddit they're called trolls, but they're they're well, there's trolls there. But some of them, I like. I like that they're keeping us honest. You know what I mean? Like when these stories break, it kind of like makes you rethink uh, how you think about reviews. So this is a true story. Two weeks ago, I'm still investigating this. I got a, I got a review uh, on Google, which generally um, I've noticed they're always better reviews because they tend to be attached to a real profile, mm-hmm. so people don't want to be as negative unless they're trying to be. So I get I get the review. It says I went in and waited over 20 minutes for my food and it was terrible and i was like oh man and we don't get a lot of these and i take them very seriously i usually reach out to the person directly and make it right you know so i look it up i pull up her name um I, oh did she pay with a credit card yep she did so i pull it up she bought two bottled drinks and i go this can't be right maybe she paid for the, the food in cash so uh i get on my cameras i look it up she bought two bottled drinks and then and then I have no idea why. Like, I've been, like, trying to figure this out. But for some reason, she decided she wanted to say it took her 20 minutes to get her food and that it was terrible. And she got two bottled drinks. It's because she owns Moochies. No, there's no way. <laughs> she was looking That's for not... a free sandwich, man. Well, she was. No, because she has Like insurance scammers, but they're yeah. cheesesteak scammers. I deal with these a lot. And there are the ones that there are the ones that they're just trying to get something free. And I'm, you get really good at, like figuring them out and then there's some that just throw me for a loop and i come to the conclusion that it was just for fun like and i know that's hard to believe but man people they just enjoy doing it it's weird some like the joker you know some people just want to watch the world burn it's a real thing well um (laughs) what 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 if what if what if her experience was not based on that last one which one when she bought the bottle of water yeah well no she referenced it she said like she referenced like went in today Oh. It was very specific. Like it was. Otherwise, yeah, I, I'm very open to like these. these you you happen- missed the window. It was actually 45 minutes earlier, and she was like, "Oh, I forgot my yeah. drinks. <laughs> I, I waited 20 well, minutes I for my sandwich. Got to go back for I, my drinks." I know it sounds weird, but here's the thing: is I wouldn't be shocked to find out um, six months from now that she's compiling some sort of like experiment of her own. There was a lady laying at Harmon's the other day, okay, laying on the floor reading magazines. And my wife comes over to me and she's like, did you see that? And, and, the, and when I went up to her and, and was very nice, it was just like, oh, excuse me. And, you know, to grab a magazine, the lady gave her this like almost acting level, like mean look, did the same thing when I went over there. And I said, you realize we're almost definitely on a video for a social experiment. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, there's no way that's real. Like, but this it's out there. Everyone's trying to get famous on YouTube and they're. You know what I mean? There's people yeah. just doing crap like this, compiling the info, and we're all sitting here baffled, like, well, what's going on? The thing is, if she never gets famous off of it, we'd have no idea that I was part, you know what I mean? My one-star hmm. review was part of her experiment. That I should, yeah. Never. I, in marketing, I feel like I should think of that, but if I were to come across a woman like that, I would have the same reaction as your wife. Like, holy cow, this lady's, like, really weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know, Well, and I'm weird. I just, uh, I, I think I think that way, but there's so much of it out there, and and... There's there's so many of these dormant experiments that we we only don't know they're out there because they're not the one that gets popular. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. we wouldn't be talking about this guy if he didn't get to number one, right? But yeah. he still would have done it, yeah. failed, and no one would have known about it. 
I was in one of these social experiments, uh, Stuart Edge, actually, back when he was doing his kind of like pranking videos. You know, he did the mistletoe on BYU campus. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he did one where... So he had mistletoe over here? And no, I was in a different one. Don't oh. worry. So this one, he and uh, the girl from Studio C, Mallory. Yep. Um, Purple's uh, Goldilocks. Yep. They uh, ate a bunch of terrible stuff to get their breath really nasty smelling, and then they just went up to people on BYU campus and like said, hey, I'm about to go on a date. Can you check my breath? And they would breathe into you and say, what do you think? And their whole, I, their whole premise of the video was, are people going to tell the truth or are they going to lie? So I was in it, and he came up to me, and I was like, hey, I know you from something. And he's like, well, just smell my breath. And I was like, yeah, it smells terrible. So... I was caught telling the truth. So wait, were, did you know you were on camera? No, though? no. They but asked I was you afterwards like, or what? But afterwards, I was like, "Aren't you that Stewart guy who did the mistletoe thing?" And so, what's it, the what's the law and stuff like that though? Don't you have to ask people's permission? I don't know. He didn't ask for mine. That's so. interesting, Sue. So, so let me ask you guys: Was this, it a public place? It was on BYU campus, so private yeah. property. So yeah. I, don't I know, know if it's public, technically they yeah, don't have so. to, but. Usually, yeah, they afterwards are like, hey, could you quick sign this? You're on a uh-huh. video. Well, well, I guess I don't, if you I don't sue, think, they blur you out. I don't think BYU is, I mean, it is a private school, but I still think it's considered public place. I don't know, because once for one of my school projects at BYU, it was an entrepreneurism class or whatever, and we were building up a business and trying to make money. And so we tried to market on BYU campus, just putting up little flyers. We were doing some guerrilla stuff with stickers, and we got hit by the security BYU campus police and they said you guys got to get out of here no no longer doing this it was a cease and desist yeah uh I don't think that is a valid argument I think that's totally different what I'm saying is legally I think if there are people around and it's open I think it's considered a public place well I know at my restaurants when I've considered doing these I have to put up a sign somewhere you know has to be uh conspicuous I guess is that like so it's like Mm. you can see it Saying that they're on camera. Saying you're on camera. But I have always, I'd be curious what you guys think about this. See, I've always hesitated to do those because I don't know if I want to make my customers. Like, I I would, to be honest with you, feel a little weird if all of a sudden I found out after lunch, you know, someone comes up to me and says, hey, by the way, we were doing a, you know, video of you. Would you, would you give us permission? And it's like, oh, now I got to either be a jerk and tell you no, or I got to be in your commercial that I didn't really plan on being in mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so i've always hesitated because I've, I've had some people approach me wanting to do stuff where it's like hey we're gonna film inside there you know get your customers whatever and i, I know that i know it's it works but i don't know if it alienates my customers they're, they're happy so you wouldn't be you guys like if you end up on film i would probably do it just for whatever like i wouldn't care but i would i would imagine most people even if you said hey would you mind being in our commercial and as a thanks we're gonna give you 10 bucks Next time you come, they're like, "Yeah, sure." But see, you got to do that beforehand, and then it's not natural. Well, you got to you can do it after. Yeah. Then yeah, you you're just after. asking for their permission. Like, by the way, you were on camera. I mean, think about think about the Whopper one, right? They probably had 15 different people go through. Two thirds of them were like, "No, thanks." So they just cut them out of the video and kept the three groups that yeah. that said, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I guess really that comes down to kind of what I was saying earlier is that I'm a smaller business. I have a, you know. I, I probably have 60% of my customer base is return customers. I bet you Burger King's is nothing, you know, return in the sense that, yeah, I go there once every five years, but my, my people go in bi-weekly sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So that's, it's just, an, it's a different audience, I guess. Hey, uh, while we were talking about this, I thought of an idea for your 10 year anniversary. Okay. 10 foot cheesesteak sub eating contest. 
see who can eat the most feet. Okay, can I tell you my only concern about eating stuff? Okay. Is that someone will catch someone puking inside my restaurant. <laughs> do it outside, man. Do it and in that a... footage will never go away and it will haunt people. Do it in like a parking lot or something. <laughs> we could do that because I love it. So we, do you remember we have the, we have the pictures of you and Marcos doing, we were going to call it the 76er, 76 ounce yeah, yeah. sandwich, 18 inch roll. Um, I have pictures of it. And uh, I, I guess now that we've got it out here, no one, no one can copy me because I can, well, I can shame them when they do and say that I did, I said it first, but, but that was my big concern was, I was, ah, someone's got to throw up inside the like fud records did that and i i remember being at a fud records when somebody threw up and it was just they're they're not a business yeah they don't even room. they don't even go to the bathroom they just like have their bucket next yeah. to their chair yeah. and they're just it's like more room terrible eating experience so but other than that it's a fun idea yeah. do it outside <laughs> okay uh we're we don't have a ton of time but we still have two things to cover brandon it's harder to make money on youtube yes it is yeah, this was uh, so in April 2017, uh, Google made it a little bit tougher to make money for new creators, saying that you had to have at least uh, 10,000 views, total views, lifetime views on your channel before you're eligible to make money. That way you can't start pirating content. Because some people would like take a popular piece of content, throw it on their channel, try to get a bunch of views and make money off of it. Was it lifetime views or subscribers? Lifetime views. There was another one uh, where it was 1,000 subscribers. Okay. That they added on. Um, but then uh, a lot of people contribute this to like the big Logan Paul story. Um, are you familiar with that story at no. all? No. no. Logan did, Paul. did you guys know who Logan Paul was before? Do you know who he is? Nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> you don't know Logan Paul? He, no, man. I hadn't heard of Logan Paul until wow. Brandon. Well, I heard about the story separately, but. Logan Paul is, response. if you don't know, one of the biggest YouTubers on the channel. Well, I'm talking to the, the people right now. On the now. channel? On the channel. What? On the channel? Who's the channel? You, you said Logan said... Paul is one of the biggest YouTubers Sorry. on the channel. He's talking on, yes, on YouTube. Okay. Logan Paul is the biggest, one of the biggest. I'm checking this. Uh, arguably the fastest growing uh, YouTuber. He started in Vine. That's how he got really big, him and his younger brother. Uh, and then when they saw that Vine was going to be dying, they switched over to YouTube and then have just blown up since then. Every single video gets minimum three, four million uh, Where views. does he compare with PewDiePie? His view um, views, I think he actually gets more views. PewDiePie's got 55 million, something around there. Logan Paul has like 12 or 13. But considering that he's, like when you look how fast, he's really been on YouTube. Meaning like, PewDiePie has been around since 2006. Yeah, and this guy is blowing up like in the last year super quick along with his younger brother. But yeah, he went to that you know famous Japanese forest known for suicides and uh that's the one that's based uh that uh never mind i was gonna say blair witch but that's a recent Fort movie was based yeah, on right. this i don't know i can't remember what it was called but yeah there's a movie that came out playing on that forest anyway he went there and then uh they found a dead body put it on the video and they were kind of like laughing stuff like that so he got hit but that content obviously Wait, it got, got hit what do you mean um he got hit with uh they demonetized it. Yeah, right? demonetized and... By YouTube. Yeah, and Google had moved him off of their preferred advertising program, which I actually didn't know existed until this came out. But there's AdSense, and then there's, like, a higher level of AdSense uh, that bigger, like, creators get on. And those are, like, the big creators. They're safe for brands, typically. So, like, Devin Supertramp here in Provo is on there. A lot of the big Retinlink, a lot of these big... Uh, Was that in reaction to all the ads going on? 
like when we talked about PewDiePie who had ads go on, even though he was like super crass and uh-huh. businesses didn't want to be associated with that. Yeah. Same type of thing. Well, it wasn't the crassness. It was the, uh, it was the, uh, anti-Semitic. Yeah. Comments. And in yeah. this case, it was that they were taking suicide so lightly. Basically they, that's that, not just that, suicide lightly. They showed the body, right? Right. And they were not, but, it, but I think they probably it wouldn't have been that big of a deal if they had just shown it. It's that they were like taking it extremely lightly. Just laughing about like, it. Yeah. They were like, yeah, well, it's it. interesting because YouTube acts like they took care of it, but Logan Paul was actually the one that removed it after a lot of backlash, and then YouTube almost kind of took credit for it, if you like look in the timeline. But <laughs> besides the point, um, there's your recap. A lot of people are contributing this. So now they've actually made it tougher. As of February 20th this month, so 19 days, a new uh, rule takes place, and now you have to have um, at least... 4,000 hours of watch time on your channel within the past 12 months. So every rolling 12 months or every rolling 365 days, your channel needs to have 4,000 hours of watch time. So that's if, you know, if five people watch your one minute video, that's five minutes of watch time. So it adds up pretty quick. They said this will affect, uh, 99 of those affected are making less 99% of the channels that are affected by this make less than $100 per year anyway. Um, and even if you're an existing YouTuber, you have to, you're also, you're not grandfathered in the system. You also have to continue to get uh, at least 4,000 uh, hours of watch time. So per month, per year. Oh, per year. So I was actually, I was curious, like, okay, how does my channel do? And over the last year, I have 24 years and 74 days of watch time. So uh, that's, a lot higher than four thousand hours. You're gonna get and that hundred bucks, huh? I, I think I'll I get more than hundred dollars. Tech Audit TV is unaffected then. Unaffected, yeah. That's why they say like it's this is really only affecting the tiny channels who so you're really this, aren't making money anyway. You're saying this Logan Paul guy impl- or got this new thing caused this? Why, this? I don't get the connection. Just because they're trying to make it so like again, Logan Paul wouldn't have like these rules. Still yeah, they wouldn't, wouldn't have affected. That's why I don't believe in that connection. Although this is just YouTube's been under fire for so many things with the whole what do they call it? YouTube themselves is basically riding Logan. I mean, they're riding Logan Paul's popularity. That story was huge without yeah. YouTube. Yep. Like people were pissed about it. So it was trending everywhere. That's how mm-hmm. I found out who this guy was. So YouTube used the opportunity of Logan Paul basically scapegoated him and well not scapegoating but they they said hey we want to roll these rules out because they want to make advert they, they oh, want it I to be public saying. that that they're cracking down on this stuff sure. and if they just silently did it all they're doing is putting in a tough rule and not getting any attention for it now they're getting they're using their own you know they, they basically used that story's popularity kind of scapegoated him yeah. basically saying hey we're implementing this well, don't it made us. it yeah Blame made it Logan look Paul. made his whole situation look worse yeah because yeah. a lot so, of people so think, he got he totally got demonetized meaning he's he can't no, make money on youtube no he's he's just m- removed off i'm sure he'll eventually get back on just that they, video right they did pause his uh youtube red series movies that he's been in and then i mean that video doesn't exist because logan paul took it down but you, it's it's somewhere it's on yeah channel. it's been re-uploaded yeah. by yeah. other people um but donald uh, trump has it in the white house i'm sure on. Yes, but uh, he's just moved off their preferred. So now, technically, Logan Paul and myself are in the same Google AdSense program. 
Uh, so our rates are the same. Whereas him, like if he got a thousand views and I got a thousand views before, he'd still make significantly more money just because you're, they're working with bigger brands for those uh, type yeah. of ads. So yeah, it was interesting. And in the same report, I thought it was interesting that uh, they, they said with the, the number of channels making over six figures in revenue uh, went up 40% year over year. So it's pretty crazy how many people are making a full time, like pretty good living, making six figures uh, on YouTube. And that's, that goes up 40% year over year and that's six figures. So there's a lot of people who are probably only making, you know, 70,000 on YouTube, but then another 20 or 30 on Amazon. And then they have their own merchandise and all that stuff. So it's crazy to see how YouTube is becoming such a big part of the economy with sure. like jobs and whatnot. So the question everybody has now is when is tech audit TV going full time? Not for a while, my friends, not for a while. Isn't that the goal that it doesn't have to be full time Four <laughs> four hour work week and full time yeah, income. Yeah. Maybe it's already full time. Just kidding. I don't know. One day <laughs> I've only got, I don't even have 30,000 subscribers, so I've got a ways to go. So right now How many subscribers I'm happy do you with have? it. A uh, little under 30. I don't know the exact number. But you need He's a British accent. Now, you need man. a British Holy accent. I know and Logan Paul. jumped to 60,000. Tech Audit TV. There you go. Tech Audit TV. Mike, so I did a British Australian. accent in the car the other day, and my kids got offended. They got mad at me. They thought they like thought I was mocking British accents. Your kids? Not, this is not a wow. joke, okay? And I go, God, that's so this mean. was so interesting to me. And I go, what are you talking about? And they're like, you're making fun of uh, Dan TDM. And I was like, I'm not making fun of Dan TDM. I'm doing a British accent. And it hit me because my kids watch a lot of gaming stuff on YouTube, and it's all British accents. My kids probably listen to, like, almost, I mean, not almost as much. That makes me sound like a horrible person. I was just going to say, hey, it's a lot. It's a lot of British accents on YouTube. And so it's weird to think, like, when, when I was a kid, you'd watch a movie with a British accent every now and again. You know what I mean? My kids are like, listening to british accents more than they hear all day at least a couple hours a day to the point where when i just did one for fun they thought i was mocking it because they were like wait why are you? i don't know it was weird they thought but they're they're so like they love dan tdm is just huge that guy is i like him he's clean and he does a good job hmm. I, I but i tend to decide with stampy so real quick quick story about accents my brother is terrible at accents and he, when his kids were younger, would get on a phone and act like Santa Claus, you know, be like, are you being good and all that stuff. Uh, he, for whatever reason, he tried to do a Santa accent, which like, like John, let's hear your Santa accent. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good, right? Pretty typical. He gets on Thank the phone you, with his boy. kids. He gets on the phone <laughs> with his kids and, uh, and he, he has like, he like slips into like several different accents like one of them was are you being good for your mommy and daddy <laughs> <laughs> and, and i'm standing next to him and i'm just like what uh anyway so well if you want to get the best santa the best incarnation of santa of all time is rise of the guardians i think alec baldwin did the voice he's the uh russian santa he's got the he's got like full sleeve tats I have, I have I, no idea what you're oh, talking about. Come on. You got to watch Rise of the Guardians. It's, I haven't even heard of that. That is a fantastic family film. And it's the best <laughs> the Santa fantastic of all family time. film. It's about Russian monsters who've got tattoos. He's all got over naughty their arms and, and he's got naughty and nice. Santa Claus. 
That's a great family film. Lives. Bring your kids. He's yeah. got naughty and nice tattooed on his arms, but it but it works weirdly. You, you got to watch it. Okay, I'll, I'm making a note. Right, do it. <laughs> uh, you're missing out, man. <laughs> All right, last thing. Search Console got a new facelift. Brandon. Yeah, really not anything really to, to write home about oh yeah let's talk about told. it on the podcast but don't write your your family about it okay here's let's all just you talk need about to know it. basically it's they're doing this with all of their products uh, they're slowly moving over to google's material design the crappy part is and we're I'm, I'm seeing the same thing in youtube you have the youtube creator studio which is still using like the old design although they have a new one in youtube studio beta that has like the new material design it's supposed to like look better and stuff like that um but the problem is it doesn't have all of the functionality. And that's how Search Console is right now. Is yeah. I'm getting all these invites for all these websites I manage. And it's like, check out the new... Uh, and it's like, there's zero options. I don't know if it's been different for you, John. But no. yeah. uh, it's a little premature. So I apologize for writing that on the, uh, on is this the agenda the same, there. When you say material design, is that kind of like what their AdWords looks like now? It's like what the new... Yeah, the new, new AdWords, AdWords, the new YouTube... Yeah. Um, inbox by google instead of gmail is kind of like their material design or if you have gmail on your phone uh i think it's like the material design they just updated the google calendar as well google calendar okay well that's so yeah kind of a buzzkill voice even got a material design hole yes overhaul so yeah there you have it search console in a in a nutshell gosh i feel like that is not something we end the show on (laughs) you want to hear a joke sure I don't have one. I was hoping to say no. Why would I say no? Who says no? I don't know. <laughs> say we're out of time or something. All right. Well, we are out of time. If you've enjoyed this show, we invite you to leave a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at BelowTheFold.io. Alternatively, you can reach out via our email address, which is inbound at BelowTheFold.io. We record weekly, except when we lose studio access, in which case we may not record for a few months. But, Matt, Matthew, can you guarantee us a studio? <laughs> this is permanent, forward? Guys. The Stone right. Sheba. The Stone Sheba. is here to stay. It's a stone. I didn't build this thing on sand. That's why we called it the Stone Sheba. The StoneSheba.com coming soon. Coming soon. All, whoop, right. Whoop. All right, and that's the show. We'll catch you next week.